Amen. So before I get into that, I feel like there's something I need to share. Um, I feel like I can't go anywhere without doing it. Uh, so last week during the worship, uh, I, I had a picture uh, come to me that I know I was supposed to share last week, but I was disobedient and I didn't do it. So I need to do it this morning because to me, I was like, that's a little weird. I, I don't really want to do that. But um, so the, the, the picture that I got was, you know, when you go down to the lake, um, not necessarily our lake, but any lake, and you go with some bread and you're going to feed the ducks. It's nice, it's relaxing, it's, it's a cool thing to do, right? And you're standing there and like there'll be one duck that comes up to you first, right? And you've got this whole piece of bread. And what do you do? You rip a little bit off, you chuck it to the duck, a little bit off, chuck it to the duck, right? That, that duck doesn't just want a little piece of that bread. That duck wants that whole piece of bread. Right? And in this picture, in this, in this thing I got from God, God is that duck. And this is why I didn't want to say it, because I didn't want to refer to God as a duck. But he said he's okay with it, so it's all right. So God is the duck in this picture. Right? He doesn't just want that little piece. He wants that whole bit of bread. Because what happens? After you begin to feed a little piece to that one duck, all the others come. Right? And the more ducks that gather around you, the less likely it is that that original duck is going to get all of the bread. It's going to get shared around. You're going to chuck a piece over there and a piece over here and a piece of the duck flapping around out the back squawking like a crazy chicken, even though it's a duck. Um, so the, 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 the point is in the picture that I got where the, God was saying that there, there are those of us here in this place who rather than just giving God all of ourselves and all that we have, we're picking off bits and pieces here and there saying, yeah, God, you can have this part. Yep, God, you can have that part too, but this part's going to go over to that side. This part's going to go to something else that I want to put myself in. This part's going to go to something else that I want to invest myself in. But what God is saying is He doesn't just want bits and pieces of our lives. He wants the whole darn thing. Because when we give Him the whole darn thing, there's no opportunity for the corruption of the other things to sneak into our lives because God's got the whole thing, right? But when we chuck pieces here and chuck pieces there, there's opportunity for the devil and opportunity for the enemy to gain a hold of a piece of our lives and use it however he wills. But when we give the whole thing to God, then all, of, all that we have and all that we are is in God's hands. And that's where it needs to be. Amen? Amen. All right, I feel like I can move on now, so that's okay. Uh, so over, over the last few, few messages where I've had an opportunity to, to speak uh, here uh, with you guys, uh, we've been looking a lot at, at, at the church, specifically the early church, uh, and the kind of power and influence that the early church had, right? The, the, the power of God um, that was mightily upon those who were part of the early church and everywhere they went that there were miracles and there were healings and there was uh, demons being cast out. Like there was power in abundance in the early church. So that, that's what we've been looking at. They had the power to reach and influence the nations that had not borne witness to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The, these men took the gospel to nations that didn't know who Jesus was, who didn't walk with Jesus, didn't see Jesus, didn't know or understand what had really gone on in Jerusalem. Right? They may have heard tales and word of something going on, but these men took the gospel to nations who didn't know who Jesus was, and there was power in the name of Jesus. There was power in the early church. The same miracles that were happening uh, when Jesus was there was continuing on through the disciples and through the apostles as the gospel was being taken to the other nations, right? Yet, uh, so through the power of their testimony and through the power of the Holy Spirit that had come upon the church and come upon the believers just as Jesus had said. 
Jesus made it very clear that, that when he goes, that, that a power would come, that the Holy Spirit would come. And, and, and through that power and that presence of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the believers, that there would be power that would flow through, that there would be miraculous things, that there would be healings, that there, that there would be all the things that Jesus had done would continue to be outworked through the early church through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that in John chapter 14, verse 15 through to 18, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. So this is Jesus telling the disciples and telling us, that we will receive the Holy Spirit whom the world doesn't know. We will receive the Spirit of God whom the rest of the world doesn't know and they don't understand Him and they, they, they won't see Him, right? But, but the power of the Holy Spirit expressed and outworked through the lives of the believers changes the reality of what those other people saw and they started to see and understand that the miraculous and the supernatural were possible through the power of God. Right? Every other nation and, and every other culture essentially since the beginning of time have had their own uh, ideas and understandings of what the supernatural might be and, and, and how it is to be outworked. And they have their own version of God or gods that they follow and rituals and things that they do to supposedly bring this or bring that. Right, But nothing anywhere else has ever had the same kind of power and influence as the Holy Spirit that comes from God, that is in the hearts and the lives of all of us as believers. And that's why the, the, these men and the women who, who were with them, like when they traveled and when they took the message, the reasons that, that other nations realized and began to bow down to Jesus was because they saw the power that they'd never seen before, despite all their rituals, despite their beliefs, they had never seen before the a power like that of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the believers, right? So, so my, my hope, this is kind of just recapping so I can move on to where I want to go today. But my hope is that you've come to see this as I have, okay? That the church without the power of the Holy Spirit at work in the lives of those who believe and with no outworking of the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome the work of the enemy in, the, in this world is not the church that God has called and ordained as his holy people, right? In essence, a powerless church is not God's church. A powerless church is not God's church because God designed his church to be filled with power, right? So a powerless church is not God's church. So we have the, the, the eternal gift of the Holy Spirit living in us. We, we know this, we understand this. He is the one who does all the miraculous work on earth. And as we've been talking about, we, we need to, to continue to learn how to love the Holy Spirit the way that we love God the Father and the way that we love Jesus. And we need to continue to, to work out in our hearts and in our minds, learning to love the works that the Holy Spirit does in the same way we love the works that God the Father and that Jesus has done and, and continue to do. Right? We need to love the work of the Holy Spirit the same way we love the work of the Father. And of Jesus. We, and I said this a few weeks ago, but we, we, we know and we understand the love that we should have for Jesus who came to this earth and, and, and died on, on a cross for us. So it's kind of easy to, to understand why we should love him because of what he's done. 
and in the same way, it's recognizing what the Holy Spirit does, has done, and is, and is doing continually in us and in the world around us that we need to learn to love so that we value and appreciate Him just as much as we do God the Father and Christ the Son. Amen? All right, so I, I want to... Um, where am I to? Yeah, so I, I, I want to move on a, a, a little bit today uh, to something... Uh, else that I feel God's just been laying on my heart that he wants to set up uh, within us as a church. And this isn't just for us, this is for the church worldwide that God wants to see instituted and, and, and in a way brought back into the way that church functions, right? That, 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 that his church functions. So uh, if you read with me Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 11 through to 16. Right, Ephesians four eleven through to sixteen says this, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, uh, by the trickery of men, and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, According to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Right? That's a lot of words and there's a lot in that, but it's incredibly important that, that we understand what is being said to us here, right, in regards to God's church and how it is to function. So, according to, to, to this verse, right, God has given to the church what is referred to as the fivefold ministry. The fivefold ministry. So just to go over it again, we have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Okay? Fivefold ministry. Five aspects of ministry. Okay? It's important to note that these are not five separate ministries that God is calling his, his church to, okay? They are five aspects of what the fullness of the ministry of the church looks like, okay? They, they are not five separate things that, that all function separately and have nothing to do with one another. These five things, these five aspects, the fivefold ministry, um, when they function together, right, are, are the fullness of what the ministry should look like. When they're functioning together the way that God has designed them to, right, the, the, the ministry is functioning as God designed it to in the beginning. That they are not separate things to be outworked in separate areas. They work together to create the fullness of the ministry of the church. Does that make sense? Yes? No? Cool. Okay, good. So, which means that God's design for His church and the outworking on this earth was to have these five aspects of ministry working fully together to achieve his goal of salvation for humanity. They're not things that should be viewed separate from one another, but each one is necessary for all of the others to be fully and completely effective. 
right? One just working on its own will only be able to reach a certain point and then without the work of the others to come alongside it, it'll just fall down and crash because it, it, it's, it's the fivefold coming together that is the fullness of the ministry of God and the, and the ministry of the church, okay? Uh, for example, who is a teacher going to teach or who is a pastor going to care for if there's no evangelist to lead people to God in the first place? Who is a, who, who is a teacher going to teach if there's no one to lead them to God in, 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 in the first place? Okay, so the point I'm trying to make is for the church to be filled with power and able to fully express um, that same God-given power. These five aspects of ministry need to work together cohesively. They need to work together cohesively. Okay? And also, to make this point, it's not one person who is called to carry and outwork these five giftings. It's the church as a whole. Okay? It's not even just five different people in a church who are called to... It's, it's the church as a whole who are called to outwork these five giftings, the five aspects, the five-fold ministry. Right? The church as a whole has, has different people gifted in each of these areas to work together to cover the bases of the fivefold. There, there, there could be ten among us who have the apostolic gifting. There, there, there could be three who are teachers. There, you know, there could be 27 evangelists. Like it, 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 it's whatever and however God has ordained it to be in this place and who he's called to come into this place in, in how this is going to be outworked. But what he needs us as a church to understand is that we need these five aspects of the ministry to work together cohesively for the fullness of the power of God to be outworked in this church. And I know that I'm not the only one. I know that every single one of you want to see the fullness of the power of God outworked in our church like it never has before. And, and, and we have been uh, in the past, uh, in, in the years gone by, we have been quite successful at, at, at operating with the fivefold, right? Um, and, and there was a time where, where it was working really well together and then some stuff happened and things got out of hand and we kind of lost sight of it a little bit. And, and you know what? It, it actually caused us um, not to stop valuing it, but it, I guess it kind of put something in our minds, okay, we, we, we don't really want to step there at the moment because of what happened but 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 i believe that god is bringing us back to that place now and just the way that that we've been talking and discussing things uh, as as a leadership team uh, and and, and as, as the eldership team that god is really bringing us back to that place now where he wants that fivefold ministry to be working together once again within the church here in this place amen so the thing is too often churches get it wrong and think that all of these all of these roles should be filled by the person with the title of pastor right and so there's so much pressure and there's so much weight that's put on the shoulders of this one person and they think that the the pastor the pastor should be doing all of these things super effectively right but that's just a wrong mindset and a wrong understanding to have because the, the the pastor whoever that person is is not going to be fully gifted in each of these five areas right there are many people with the title of pastor who don't necessarily carry the gifting of 
pastor that is talked about in this verse either. In this verse, I wasn't going to go too much into it, but in this verse, pastor refers more to shepherd, one, one, one who gathers, one who takes care of the flock and does all that sort of stuff. But there are many pastors who would be much more, uh, who would fit much more easily into the teaching aspect of it, right? And there are some pastors who would be full-blown, full-on evangelists, right? The title of pastor as we know it today doesn't really fit what it's talking about here in this. So just to uh, get that out there. So uh, for, for Keith and myself and for Pika and for Karen, uh, for Greg and Kaz, right? Um, for, for Vivian, all the pastors that, that we have, all our guys in, in, in Uganda, right? All the pastors there, we all have this title of pastor, but each of us would, would be gifted differently in the fivefold. There are definitely some among us, for those of you who know uh, uh, Ivan over in Uganda, apostolic. Uh, and evangelist, like he fits into two, but but apostolic, he goes and he plants churches and he just does it right. And, and then and then there are those um, like Stephen over in Uganda, who's very much the, uh, the 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 pastor type, who cares for the flock and loves gathering people around himself and takes very good care of those in his immediate vicinity. Okay, so each of us and Keith and I, right, we, we will fit differently into this, right? Uh, and, and so it, it's, it's the whole church understanding that when, when we function in this together as a church, we will cover all of the bases, right? The things that I'm terrible at, some of you will be amazing at, right? And the church needs us to work together cohesively so that the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, the evangelists, and the pastors are functioning together the way that God designed them so that the fullness of the power of God can be outworked in his church, amen? Okay. Right, so, so 1 Corinthians um, chapter 12, 28 to 31. This is kind of going over it again and kind of hitting home the point that I just made. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Then it goes on to say this, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way? So by, by asking those, those questions, uh, are they all prophets? Are they all evangelists? Are they, do they all have gifts of healings? Do they all work miracles? Right? The answer to that is, is not. But the church, when functioning as a whole, will have expressions of all of these things being outworked through it. Because that's what the church looks like when it's functioning together. Amen? So there's something, this is something that the early church had a much better grasp on than we do. And, and, and it's why we've seen and heard, right, and, and the things that we looked at um, like a, a month or so ago, as we were reading... Um, historical documents from early church historians and the church fathers going through like the first four centuries after the church, we, we heard and we saw from those that, that the power of the Holy Spirit was moving mightily among them everywhere that they went, that, 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 that there was testimony and examples of miracle after miracle and healings and people being raised from the dead and demons being cast out and all that kind of stuff. It was a part of who the church was and a part of how the church of God functioned back then. And they moved powerfully in the things of God and the gifts of the Spirit because it was not reliant on one person to make it all happen. Because they understood that together they were the church. That the church, though it may have had 
uh, in each town, in each city. It may have had a, a leader and you know, deacons, elders, however you want to uh, refer to that. They may have had those people, which is necessary um, you know, for the running and the function of a church. But it went so far beyond that that each person knew that they had a role to play within the church. And, and, and I'm not just saying, like, when I say that, and we can get, get this kind of twisted today, and by that I'm not saying that one person's role might just be the cleaning. You know, like, like Terry mentioned before, we're, we're, we're looking for cleaners. And, and that may be something that, that you can do, and that's awesome, that, that's beneficial, that, that helps the church, that helps everyone. But there is something within the fivefold ministry that you will be gifted in. Right, so don't think that just because you know, I'm the person who comes in and cleans and does this, don't think that means that you're not gifted spiritually in one of these areas of the fivefold. Right, because that's where the power of God is, and the fivefold ministry outworked through the church is what's going to save people in this community and the other communities that we're reaching. Okay, it won't be the fact that we had a clean bathroom. It'll be the fact that we're filled with the power of God and outworking the fivefold ministry um, in our community, right? You, you will have a gifting in one of these areas. You may not be the most gifted in one of these areas, but you will have a calling and a gifting in at least one of these areas of, of the fivefold ministry. So in, in the... Uh, in, in, the, in the early church, each person, as they got to know God more, was able to recognize where their gifting was within the fivefold. If we want to see the full power of God and of the Holy Spirit in our church and our community, we need to make sure that we are covering the bases of the fivefold ministry so that all aspects of this ministry are being fulfilled to the glory of God. And so today, I'm not going to go into the specifics of what each one is. Uh, we'll probably do that in a couple of weeks' time. But I really just wanted to, to get it out there and get you thinking about um, maybe where you fit and where your calling is within that fivefold ministry. But my, my heart and my goal is, is to get us to, to think about how we as a church should function in this generation that we've been called to, in this community that we've been placed in. How are we, how is Ignite Life Church called to function within this community? How are we called to reach those who we may, and some of us may think are unreachable? How are we supposed to reach those in our community who have no interest and no desire whatsoever in their heart right now for a relationship with God? How do we reach those people it's through the outworking of the fivefold ministry through the church that those people will be reached it's through the outworking of the fivefold ministry in the church that this auditorium will be filled right not for our glory but for the glory of god as he brings the gift of salvation onto this community that he's placed us in okay this is this is how the church grows and moves forward when each aspect of ministry is being fulfilled and accomplished cohesively together, not separately, one doing this, it's, it's together. It's, each, it's each, each area understanding the need that they have for each other area. Again, the whole who can teach if there's no one to, to, to bring him in kind of thing. Like th This is what we need to grasp and understand. Right, my, my heart and my intention is, is, that, is that our hearts begin to line up with God's heart, God's design, and God's intention for His church. 
The church is not powerless and should never be viewed that way. The church should be the most power-filled place on the planet, right? And regardless of what people outside of the church want to, want to believe about God and where they're at with that, the, they should still know that the church is filled with power, right? The power that's flowing from you and me, the power of the Holy Spirit at work within our lives. Whether or not they want to choose to believe is between them and God, but they should still know and come to an understanding that the church is a place filled with power where things happen that I don't understand what goes on there, but, but, but I've heard stories and I've heard things and I've seen things with my own eyes and, and that I can't explain and that I can't understand. That's how the church should function. Not everyone's going to turn. Not, not everyone's going to believe. You, there, there are some people who could see and witness firsthand before their eyes somebody being raised from the dead and they would still walk away and never give their lives to God. Right? That's, just a, that's an unfortunate and a sad reality of the world that we live in and the work of the enemy. But it doesn't mean that the church shouldn't operate in those ministries so people can see and witness those miracles because there are those whose lives will be changed because of what they see outworked through your life uh, through the power of God and the Holy Spirit. I keep putting the wrong password in, Keith, because mine's backwards to yours and I keep doing it the wrong way. Um, so th- that's, that's what... That's what the community and that's what the people outside of the church should see. The power of God at work in the lives of us. Again, whether they choose to follow or not, that's, that's between them and God. As long as we're in the right place and we, the church, are functioning how we are called to function. So again, the church should be the most powerful place on the planet. Because the power is not ours. It's the power of God who stretched out the heavens. It's the power of the God who knows the stars by name. The God who sees and knows every person who ever has and whoever will walk on the face of this earth. And the God who overcame the grave and the power of darkness to restore his people to life. That is the God that we serve. So we can see and understand why his church and his people should be filled with power. Because his power is unlimited and unfathomable to us. Like I think I mentioned it a while ago. I've been reading this book, like uh, why the universe is the way it is, and it's so far beyond my intellect. The stuff that I'm reading, that but it just blows my mind. Talking about the 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 design of the universe outside of this earth, and just how everything, every aspect that you could possibly even begin to imagine is timed perfectly. It just fits perfectly. Even like, I won't go into it, but like the, 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 the age of the universe, like it just blows my mind. Anyway, I encourage you guys, if you're into that kind of stuff, get that book because it's well worth the read. It will absolutely blow your mind. But it, but it just shows me even more so how powerful and mighty our God is that everything fits and everything works perfectly because he is the creator God. And so how can a God with that kind of unfathomable power be the head of a church that is powerless? It can't be. God's church should be the most powerful place on the planet. So tomorrow uh, we begin uh, as a church a week of... um, of fasting together and, and praying as we prepare for the Easter celebration of the, the, the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, I want to encourage you all, firstly, to participate in some way, shape, or form in, in this fast. If, if it's just a day that you can do, 
um, if it's a meal a day, however it looks for you and whatever works for you, whatever you feel God telling you, please participate in, in some way in this. Because uh, as, as Terry shared, when, when we do this, God moves, right? And God loves when his people humble themselves before him and, and sacrifice our wants, our needs to get closer to him. So first of all, encourage you all to participate in some way, shape or form. To grow in our intimacy with him, and to seek his face and to hear his voice. The other thing I want to ask you to do this week of fasting um, is ask God, if you don't already know, uh, ask God, where is it that you fit within the fivefold ministry? Where is he calling you to operate and use your gifting? Right? And you might be very, very surprised at what he has to say to you. And it might be incredibly overwhelming what he has to say to you. It might take you a couple of weeks or a couple of months to wrap your head around what God tells you and shows you when you ask him this question. And for some of you, it may even completely change how you see yourself. And again, we're talking about labels. Keith and Zoe both mentioned it this morning in how you label yourself because God might be calling you to something that you could never even have imagined before. But I encourage you, ask him. Seek his face this week. At some point this week, ask God, God, where do I fit within the fivefold within Ignite Life Church? Right? And I would love to hear your answers. When, when, when God does answer you, please come and tell me it because I want to know. We want to know. Amen? Okay, because there is power in fasting. Fasting changes how we are able to experience God and also how we are able to be used by God. And this is the perfect opportunity to ask him where he wants to use the giftings that, that he has given you. Let, let me show you real quick something that... Um, um, how, how, how we know that, that fasting changes things. And so Keith shared this scripture in his message last week as well. So Matthew chapter 17, verse 21 says, However, this kind does not go out by prayer and fasting. Fasting changes what is possible in the life of a believer. Now, I want to show you something that blew my mind when I first found this. So who has, does anyone have a physical Bible on them here right now? I can see Brooke does. Brooke, what, what version have you got? King James. Does anyone else have a physical Bible? New King James. You got New King James. Hugh, what's yours? NIV. NIV. Can you open to Matthew seventeen twenty one, please? And and if you if you're on your phone, either go go in the NIV or the NLT version, and uh, and try and read this scripture to me. Matthew seventeen twenty one. Now uh, the, the, I want to show you this for a reason. Um, Let's, let's see, if you, if, see, if, see if you can find it there, Hugh. Matthew 17, 21. Or does it go from 20 to 22? Doesn't have Matthew 17, verse 21. If you're reading in the NLT, it doesn't have Matthew 17, verse 21. The New King James and the King James, they have it. The... Uh, passion translation has it but here's the thing why is that verse missing from newer translations of the bible why hey the enemy doesn't want it why why doesn't the enemy want it 
Because there is power in fasting. And the enemy doesn't want us to know that when we as individuals or as a church fast and pray that things are broken. Jesus says, and the story surrounding that was when Jesus comes down from the mountain and there's the young man that the disciples couldn't heal, had a demon, right? And Jesus does it and the disciples are like, why couldn't we do it? What's going on? Jesus responds. This kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. There's a, there's a reason why fasting is important in the life of a believer because it changes what is possible in the lives of a believer, right? It, 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 it Fasting changes what is possible, right? And so I'm not saying if you, if you have an NIV or an NLT, I'm not saying that you should throw that Bible out, right? It's still the Word of God reading it. But be aware that that verse is missing and there are others other verses missing as well from those uh, newer translations that, that, are, that are really interesting. You could even look it up online, um, which verses are missing. It's really interesting the ones that are because they hold important pieces of information that we, the church, need and we as believers need. So again, don't go throwing out the Bible if you, if you have one, but just I wanted to show you that because it's, I think it's incredibly interesting and incredibly important for us to understand that there is power in prayer and fasting. Amen? Uh, so I'll say this again. I'm going to finish this thing. I'll say this again. Fasting changes what is possible in the life of a believer. And, and I'll add this as we finish. The fulfillment of the fivefold comes through the outworking of all those God has called into this place. Not just through a few of us, not just through the leaders, not just through the youth group. The fulfillment of the fivefold comes through the outworking of all those God has called into this place. It's no accident that you are here and that you belong to this church. God saved you so that you could be in a relationship with Him eternally and so that He could outwork His power through you using the giftings of the Holy Spirit that has been given to you to function somewhere within the fivefold ministry of the church, right? You could have ended up anywhere, but you ended up here. You could have gone to church anywhere, but you go to church here. Why? Because it's convenient. Because it's got the best chairs in any church in town. (laughs) It's a joke because we have such fantastic air conditioning and heating. No, because God ordained for you to be a part of this church. Because the toilets are clean, thanks, Keith. That's, that's why. God ordained for you to be a part of this church because he has called you to be a part of the ministry of his church in some way, shape, or form. So again, I just encourage you this week, ask God that question. God, where do I fit? within the fivefold ministry, in, in, in the workings of Ignite Life Church. And let me know your answer. Because if we can set things up right so that the fivefold are functioning as they're intended to, and we're going to see God move in a mighty way. Amen? I'm just going to pray and then, then we'll finish. So Father God, we just thank you. <clears throat> thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for the gift of your church that you have given to us as believers, but that you also that, that you have given your church to this world to be a light, to be the, the light on, on, 
on the hill, Lord God, that people can, can see from miles off, that they can find their way to out of the darkness, Lord God. Thank you that you've called each and every one of us today here into this place. Lord, we know and we understand that we are your church. We know and we understand, Holy Spirit, that you live and dwell within us, within our hearts, that we are filled with power that is so far beyond our understanding because we are filled with you. And Lord, I just pray that this week, as, as we go into, um, uh, into fasting and prayer, Lord, that you would prepare each of our hearts and each of our minds for what it is that you want to say, for what it is that you want to do and bring into each of us through this week. And, and I pray, Father, for those who do ask that question of you, that you would answer them, Lord God, and that we, your church, would do what we need to do so that we can function in the fullness of the fivefold ministry that you set apart and that you called apart for your church to be and, and, and to function in, Lord God. Lord, we, we worship you, we love you, and we thank you for your word in this place today. And I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity uh, to share what it is that you've been laying in my heart and pray, Holy Spirit, continue to do a work in our hearts and our minds even as we leave this place today. Lord, we want you to be glorified by all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.